Hey, welcome to 2019. Yeah, seven of us are pumped. Like we can't even, we're like, yes. Yeah, how many of you guys got engaged over the break? Somebody right here? She's like, she's doing like this. How are you guys doing? Um, no, exciting stuff's going on in the life of the church. And then also Christmas Eve services. Thank you guys so much for inviting, investing in people and inviting to come be part of it. And also for many of you, you brought someone with you. Okay. You brought somebody uh, to be here. Many of you served. Uh, you came and maybe you went, there was people that served in both locations that came and just made a way and made a place for people to be here. And so thank you so much for doing that. I met someone last week that, or two weeks ago that they said, yeah, this is uh, man, I found my home. It was the first time they ever come to church. They said, I found my home. And I said, just so you know, you're going to be homeless next weekend. Okay. We don't have church, but we have an online house for you <laughs> to, to go to. Um, but yeah, I hope they're back today. I hope you found your way back here and uh, we're just really glad to see so many uh, faces and it's a great time for people to connect this new year into what it means to be deeply rooted and how we can press into Romans 12. It's our theme for the year. We're going to spend six weeks in it. When you came in, you were given a, uh, a prayer journal. Uh, this is a 21-day prayer guide uh, that we want everyone to take, and that starts today. We want you to jump into that. And then, then also uh, the program. You guys got a program when you came in. I'm not going to reference too much that's in it, but we will be, uh, as we talk about the communication card, we'd love for you to complete that, fill that out, and put it in our next step uh, boxes at the end of the service. But take some time for that. Um, on the program, there's also something that we do in a digital format, our app, okay? And so our app has a couple things. One, it has that 21-day uh, prayer uh, journal that you have there. But our app, I'm going to walk you through um, kind of how the, how, the, how the app works a little bit. First off, you need to download it, step one, okay? Download it, rate it with the 27 stars, okay? Give it a high rating. Uh, this is the message uh, page. This is some of the things that we've been through as we studied through the book of Haggai. And then we did At the Movies, the One Another series, wrapping up First Corinthians. Uh, there's lots of great stuff. Even on the bottom, it says this Sunday, you can take notes from the message on the app. Um, from here, the messages are easy to share. And so if you want to share it with someone, like they need to hear this one on forgiveness, you know, or just kidding. Um, or if it's like, hey, this is something I want to share, or I have a friend that's thinking about moving up here, or just to be an encouragement to someone, there's some great stuff that's on there. I love Joshua. Our study through Joshua is really, really good. I didn't preach most of it. That's why it was good. So, um, but I loved uh, that strong and courageous series that we did, but it's there. Available anytime, uh, so maybe you want to reference it, you want to use it in that way, follow along in the prayer journal, or each weekend, week out, uh, notes that we do. I have a request as we jump into 2019. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, that's, that's Romans 12, that's where we kind of get there in a minute, but I'm appealing to you to not read your Bible one more time this year. I want to try something a little bit different. I think we, instead of reading our Bible, let's engage with Scripture. Okay, here's why. If we just read, if we just go for information or check a box, like, hey, I read today, man, where is that going to take us? We have to step beyond that. There's so much more to engage in. If you want a relationship with someone, you engage in that relationship. You pursue that relationship. You, you want that relationship to grow. It takes time for that to take place. That's what engaging in Scripture is. If we're to grow into the likeness of Jesus Christ, to become more like Jesus, it takes engagement of Scripture. 
If you believe, for, for some of you, maybe you're, you're new to the faith or new in a relationship with God. There's people here that maybe you're seeking and you don't have yet to surrender your life and heart to Jesus Christ. Uh, for others, you've been following Jesus for a while. Like, if we're in a position where we believe that God exists, then we should press into his word. We should want to know, like, man, what does he say about this? You know, there's an average in, in America. The average American home has four copies of the Bible. That's not counting digital form, okay? But four physical copies of the Bible. I know I have a lot. I got a lot of kids. We got a lot of Bibles. I collect Bibles for a living. Uh, not really. Um, but I have a hard time throwing it away or giving it away, so I just kind of keep it. And I just know I have a lot of Bibles. I'll probably up the average just a little bit. But there's Bibles everywhere, but does that change our engagement with it? We may have it all around us, but is it actually abiding alive in us? And our text today talks about being transformed. When we're engaged and we're pursuing a growing relationship, it will transform us. And so in Romans 12, verse number 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, that word renewal, when we look at that word in the Greek, it is ankenose, ankenose, which means to be made new, to be transformed. This is a change that takes place in our heart. It also defines it as a renovation, a renovation. And I think maybe some of us, that's what we need. Like, we need to renovate our life. For some, it's a fresh start, a new relationship with him. Starting over. Saying, hey, I've fallen short, but I need you. And for others, it's saying, God, I'm six days into a year, <laughs> and the last six haven't been perfect, but I need renewal in you. Let's pray together towards that. God, I'm so thankful to have your word. I'm thankful that it's alive and active. We get to pursue it, and we get to dig in and dive into it today. I just pray that we're encouraged as we hear it. We're called up. We're called out. God, that for those of us that are that feel like we may we failed in some different areas, man, we would receive the hope that comes from you today. Thank you for your your precious scripture you preserved, you set apart for us, and and even this passage of Romans twelve one and two that you've given to us today. For it's in your name we pray, Amen. I want to give you a little bit of a heads up. We're going to be in verse one and two, but we're only going to cover a couple of words in that because we're going to be again in one and two next week to take some more time. So I don't want to hear this in the lobby following. Oh, he didn't even hardly do hardly any verse two. Well, it's because we're doing it next week. Okay, so don't talk to me like that. Um, I've never actually been talked to like that. I just think it's fun. Um, but I don't know. I can't believe I did my voice like that. I'm not going to do that again. Um, it says, I appeal. Paul is saying, I appeal to you. I beseech you. I call you out. I'm beckoning. I'm, I'm trying to petition. I'm asking you to listen. I'm requesting that you pay attention to what I'm about to say. And then he says, therefore. It's almost like he's stalling, but he's actually saying, therefore. And when the word therefore exists in any sentence, and maybe you've heard this once or you've heard it a thousand times, you have to say, what's it there for? You have to go, why is he appealing to us? You have to look backwards. So looking backwards is Romans 1 through 11. He's saying, because of this, we're going to talk about this. Let's look back so we can talk about what's in the future. And what we need to know about the book of Romans, this, this gift that's been given to us, it's 
talked about by many people as the clearest presentation of the gospel, the clearest explanation of who Jesus is, what God has done for us, and who are we as humans? Who are we to be as followers of Jesus? It's, it's kind of like a road. It's a, it's a direction. It's, maybe you've heard of something like the Romans road. It's how to get to God, how to find Jesus. And there's some pivotal points. These are good directions towards God. And I want to read through some of this road that's in the first 11 chapters. Chapter three talks about that we've all sinned. See, it says this, for we've sinned, we've all sinned and we've fallen short of God's glory. We've fallen short. And I know for some of you, you didn't go like, you know, I, I can't wait to start my year right. I want to go to Rock Harbor because Keith's going to tell me I'm a sinner. He's going to tell me I'm, I'm desperately wicked. Um, he's going to tell me that I've fallen short. But those things are true about all of us. We have all fallen short. We all have a sin nature. As much as we want to do good things and be good and moral people, we fall short. We sin. But we don't have to stay in that sin because the Romans road, it takes us this next step that even though the wages of sin is death, which means separation for God now and for eternity, there's been a free gift that's been given to us. It's in Jesus Christ. It's eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord, a gift that's been given so that we can have life in him. There's the hope that comes in the, in the path when you're going, you're like, hey, where, is, where are we supposed to get there? This is where it turns and it says, hey, follow this way and you'll find God. You'll find peace. You'll find this hope. Romans 5, 8, going back a chapter, it talks, and I did that on purpose because it says, but God, but God shows his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you know how hard it is to be nice to someone who's being mean to you at that point in time? If someone is, is being hateful towards you, how hard is it to show love? Well, some of you are like, oh yeah, I shove love through sarcasm. And so that's when you pour it on. You know, they're being hateful and you're like, oh, I just love you so much. Oh, you give me a hug right now. And you're just like, yeah, I mean, you're doing it because you're just got that little bit of an edge to you. But it's really difficult to mean this love while so much hate is being poured upon you. Jesus did. It says, while we were yet sinning, while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. He's Alpha Omega, beginning, end. He's all present. While he offered himself on the cross for us, knowing that we would sin, knowing that we would fall short, knowing that we would continue in our iniquities or our sins, our shortcomings, he loved us and gave himself for us so that we would have hope. And there's a recipe on this road that says, here's how you give your heart and your life and you receive the salvation that can only come from this gift of Jesus It's in Romans 10. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10 say, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. you got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Verse 10 says, For with this heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Salvation comes. Not just believing that God exists, no. Believing that Jesus came, offered himself for you and I as a perfect sacrifice, paying for our sin and the death that comes with that. Jesus bore that upon himself. We've got to believe and then confess that, that he rose from the dead. And we can have life. This gift can be received. And is it for a certain group of people? No, it's for all people. Verse 13, for everyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And maybe for some of you today, You're hearing this road, you're hearing this direction, and you're going, man, 
I can share that with someone. I can copy that. I can paste it in my phone. I can always have that there. Maybe for some, you have some of those verses memorized, or you're going to say, you know, I aim to memorize those so I can share the gospel with anybody at any time. And maybe for some of you, you're hearing those and going, you know what? I need to receive that great love of God. I need to be forgiven of my sins. I want to start afresh today, and today is your day of renewal. Some, a renewal into a relationship with Jesus Christ, being called back to your creator, not trying to uh, rely on creation or you putting together good works, but say, he's the only one that can. And for others saying, I've been given a gift and I need to give that gift and it comes through the gospel of Jesus and I want to share that road. I want to share that direction to other people so they can have the same hope that I've found. Paul starts off in verse number, or chapter 12, verse 1. He says, I therefore, I appeal to you by the mercies of God. He's saying, I'm sharing this message only by God's grace and mercy. Can I even communicate how we are to love and how we are to follow him? Because Paul knew he was a sinner. He wasn't claiming to be above anyone. Because I know that I am a wretched sinner and I am in need of a savior. And if we each take on that posture of humility and allow God to build us up from there, man, think of what could be done through the humble work of God, active and alive in us, because we have his word hidden in our heart. We have his word alive and active in our life. What if we are rooted in his word? Here's what the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews 4.12. For this word of God, it's living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of the soul and the spirit, of the joints and of the marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Like, my heart's desperately wicked. My intentions are impure. Like, I want to be respected, and I want to be honored, I want to be encouraged, and I want affirmation. And I want to live, I sadly sometimes live for the praise of other people. And it's saying God's word's greater. And it'll pierce through all those things that we build up ourselves based around how others might think or feel. And I'm exposed before God. Because listen, this is verse number 13, because it says the word naked. I don't know what your version, some say naked, mine says naked. But, and now all the teenagers are listening, and most of the men. Um... Verse 13, and no creation is hidden from the sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. You know what? God knows everything. He knows the 2018 that you did have or you didn't have. He knows the goals you did or didn't meet. And he knows how 19 has started for you. He knows the shortcomings that you bear, the past experiences that you've had, and the discouragement that maybe lies in your heart because you feel like, I wished I would have. If I loved God more, I would read my Bible more. And I, he says engaging in the word, and I feel like I just kind of get through it every once in a while. Um, I'm discouraged. We're exposed before him. He loves us. You know, he's not sitting there going, you know what? If you would read your Bible a little bit more, Billy, you know what? I'm going to love you more tomorrow if you read your Bible more today. That's not, God loves us regardless. He loves us the same. What it gives us is it gives us a love for him. It changes the way that we see him. It changes us the way that we see the world that we're in because we're rooted in the one that actually breathes life into us. This word, it's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. Psalm 119, 105. It will direct us. It will protect us. It's going to guide us. But I have a question for you. Are you around the word? Are you in the word? 
Are you around the word or are you in the word? The Bible's all over the place. We live in a nation where it's, we have free rights to read a Bible. We have free rights to own one. We can proclaim one. Like, we're not going to be killed in our nation specifically for this. But that's not the case with every nation in this world. But we've been given this. Being around the word or in the word. It makes me think of my life as a, as a Cowboys fan. And we won last night. And I don't say that to dog any Seattle people because I want to tell you something. You broke a player last night. You broke our quarterback a couple years ago, and you broke my heart a lot, okay? So get over, you had one game, and you only lost by two. We've lost by a lot at times, okay? You know what? If I use the term and I say, we won last night, I have never played a snap. I've never been on a practice squad. I still have four years of my college eligibility available, okay? All four, I'm waiting for the call. I'm waiting for the offer. I mean, at this point, I mean, I'll do curling. You know, at this point, I'll do, I don't, actually, that's probably pretty hard. Saw some NFL players, Jared Allen, a few guys doing curling. It's pretty amazing. Like two guys got that one. Uh, follow ESPN with me. Um, but I've never played a play. I've never played a down. Every single time I've been to the stadium and watched a game, we lost. Every time we lost. I sat up there on Thanksgiving. I watched RG3. He's never won a game in, in, in the NFL. He beat us on Thanksgiving with my family. We went there, ate Chick-fil-A. Glory to God in the highest. We were pumped. God bless America. God bless his team. And then we lose to the Redskins. Are you kidding me? Walk out. We're mad. We're bitter. I won't say what we said, but we got in the car and went home. Then I thought, oh, let's go. Hey, Peyton Manning, Denver Broncos, he's playing, Cowboys State, and let's go to that game. 53-49, we lost. It was a shootout. The only reason we lost, because we didn't score on one series. The only team that didn't score on one series happened to be us, and we lost. Basically, we, neither of us had a defense. But it was a great game where two Bronco fans, I'm with my brother-in-law, they're cheering, and I'm thinking about how I can hit him in the kidney. I'm like, let's take him right now, you know? And so I'm just like, but we've lost. Then we've won. The only time that we've won, Seahawks fan, is I went to the 2004 game in Seattle. We came back 14 points down. Jason Witten, onside kick, touchdown. You guys lost. That was fun. Um, and then last night, that was fun too. But I say all that. I was born a cowboy. Since day one, I have a cowboy mug. It's so old from the dishwasher. It's frosted. It it's probably has some bacteria. But I like it and I use it. When the kids use it, I get nervous because I don't want them to break it. I don't let them take it on the patio, on the concrete. It's like a special thing to me. It's my, my baby bottle. Um, you know I don't play for them, but I use the term we generally. When we say we love the Bible, when we say we love the Word of God, when we say we're around the Word of God is different than being in the Word of God. Is, is it alive and active? Yes. Can it be alive and active in me? Yes. And it doesn't come by just reading for information's sake. It comes by engaging in the scripture. It's engagement. It's not just being around it. It's being in it. You know, a little bit of Bible history of the Bible. There was a time when the Bible was written on scrolls. Scripture was on scrolls. And they wrote it, and they didn't take it home. It stayed in the temple. It wasn't like, hey, can I have, um, I'd like Leviticus 4 today. Can I take that home with me? I'll bring it. I promise. It's not like a library. You don't check it out and check it back in. 
some of you younger people, there's this thing called a library. Um, Dewey Decimal System. Um, but they didn't check out. Like, what they did is they hid it in their heart. They pressed it into their mind and they memorized Scripture. Because they weren't relying on Google. Hey, Google, what does the Bible say about hope? Give me like seven verses. Seven verses on hope. Information. No, they had to go, okay, what is that about hope? Moses, what did he write? Okay, man, that's where I can find the hope of God. And they had it pressed into their mind, into their hearts, memorizing scripture, really being a lamp to their feet and a light to their path. Because they couldn't take it with them. You know, when I was in high school, I remember my youth pastor challenged us to take our Bible to school. Take your Bible to school. Yeah, take it in there. I was like, okay, yeah, my backpack's already heavy, but sure, broski, I'll take it. So I take it to school, and he's like, okay, now, next week, you're going to take it out during a class. I take it out during gym and go, well, I was dumb. I'll pick the next hour, you know, and then put it back. And I remember, like, going through this. I need to be public with my faith in him. You know, we take the Bible everywhere with us on our phone. It's all over. We have it all the time with us. The accessibility is crazy. How many of you guys owned a BlackBerry? Yes, we're awesome, okay? We were awesome like 10 years ago. And I remember getting this BlackBerry, and it had the little pearl thing, and it was like just amazing. And I remember the first time I looked up the Bible on it, like it had data, and it could connect, and it could like get information. And then if I went over, it was really expensive. But I remember I could read the Bible, and if it cost me, it was worth it for God, you know, for the Bible. Um, I remember getting on there, and I was reading uh, the Bible and going, this is just the greatest thing ever. And then I got the, I got an Apple phone. I got the iPhone two. I didn't get the first one cause I didn't believe in it. And then the two, some students talked me into it and I was the married guy with a job. And so I went and bought one so we, they could play on it and, and all of that. And I remember when I got this phone, that's when the, the Apple uh, store, the app store came out and they had, they released 200 apps, 200 apps. I remember some of my first apps, the level, that was pretty awesome. I remember Urban Spoon, you know, like you got to know where to eat, right? You know, and I remember thinking that was great. I also remember that app that, uh, what, was, uh, what did it do? Oh, it was the flashlight. Yeah, the flashlight. It wasn't a flashlight on the phone, but it lit up your screen. And you had to like, it lit your screen as light as it possibly could, but you could see around. And one of the first apps I remember getting, other than those, was the Bible app. version was one of the first 200 apps released. Now, 350 million people have downloaded it and utilized it. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It's revolutionized us having the Bible with it, and I absolutely love it. version also released something called the Bible Lens. It's called Bible Lens. And I don't know, does anybody have this? You know what you can do? You can take a picture of your family, like in a picture, and it picks a scripture that would work well. Like if you're going to post it, it'll drop it on there. And so if you're like, picture with the girls, like, look, we're out, and it'll say, let us not forsake the assembling of our saints together as some do. You know, it'll put it on there, and you're like, yeah, glory to God, we're at Coda Grill, you know, or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, But it'll drop a verse on there. Like, it went into my phone and into my favorites as I downloaded it, and it showed a picture of my back, which it's not this one right here, but it showed a picture of my back. And I have scoliosis. My back is like a question mark. This guy knows firsthand, okay? Like literally <laughs> fixing me and stuff. But it's like this, and it put like, those, lest those bones be dried up. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to die. Different verse. <laughs> like seriously. But the first one that showed up on the screen was the one that you guys see right now. This is the third meeting we ever had as a church, and we weren't even in services. It was on a Sunday night. It was a vision, kind of get together. We got to have Easter services. What could it look like? What's God doing in your heart? What could God do? 
and it dropped this verse automatically on it. Do you see where it's, what's its reference? It's Romans 12. This was a couple of days ago. I'm preparing to preach on this. I'm just like, download the app, and I just start like bawling. Because read these words. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. How does that know what's, like, who knows what, and how do they know that that's our mission statement? Love and lead one another to be devoted followers of Jesus. It lists all those key words, and I'm just like, I'm in tears. And you guys are going, I need to download this app. This is super cool. You know how many times the Bible has done that to me? How many times scripture has done that to me? You know how, long, how often a song of worship has done that to me where it was exactly what I needed at the time that I needed it? It's all around us. But is it in us? See, the Bible is significantly more accessible now, but it's sadly less accessed. It's significantly more accessible now, but it's sadly less accessed. We have it around us, but we get busy with a lot of things so it doesn't get in us. But not everybody in the world has the Bible. You know, there's some nations, some tribes, some languages that don't have the Bible yet translated for them. There's a group of people in Africa, in Tanzania, Malawi, and Mozambique, that this group of people, they speak a language called Yao. There's 1.9 million people who speak Yao. Some of the research I did, there was a little bit higher than that. And this is a marginalized group of people. And they don't have all the modern things that, that we have. And one thing they don't have is the Bible. They have it in written form, but sadly, most of them, they're illiterate. They can't read. They can't write. This group of people is opposed to the message of Jesus Christ. You know Why? Because long ago, when slave trading was going on, and when the, things were being colonized and things were happening, rather than receiving the message of Jesus Christ when this colonization came in, they pushed it away and they held tightly to their witchcraft. And then when Islam came in, they grasped a hold of it. So between the depth of witchcraft, the depth of Islam, they don't have a desire at all for any type of a gospel work. There are missionaries, there are groups of people that's trying to work, but trying to establish, it's really difficult because you're breaking through all of these layers. And guess what? The Bible might be there for them, but they can't read it daily. So we're partnering with a group called Faith Comes by Hearing so that we can get the Bible translation to them on this black box. This is called the Proclaimer. It's got a solar panel on top that charges. It's even got on this side, it's got a crank to where you crank it for 15 minutes. You get an hour of Bible play. Okay? By the way, we have one more service. I need somebody to come in in between. You get a workout while you listen to the Word of God. But we got to have it ready for that next 12 o'clock, okay? Um, but you can turn it on. And it'll play the language. Hordan. Bazi az daneha ruye sangloh, jayi ke khaak kam bood ufdad. 
But not any language. Not the language of the tribe next door to you. Your language. Your heart language. And when this group of people, look at this next picture. When this group of people got it, they gathered around and they played it. 300 to 400, 500 people can hear this without any amplification. And they're hearing that Jesus came for not the other people around them, the other tribes around them, the common language maybe in their nation, but for this 1.9 million people are going to get to hear the message of Jesus Christ. See, many of you, all of us, have always had the Bible in our language. If you speak English, if you speak Spanish... I don't know what your native language is, but most likely everybody in this room and most people listening online, you've always had the Bible in your heart language. But is it in your heart? And my prayer is, those kids that can't get any cuter, those people that can't get any more marginalized, there's going to come a day because of this church and our financial support for this to happen, that whether it be on this or whether it be on an app, because it will be on an app and they can share it because some of them have smart technology and we can do that. That's part of this process of us supporting it. That there's going to come a day that they're going to get to hear the message of Jesus Christ. Things that we don't think is that big of a deal may have the opportunity to break a group of people out of witchcraft, out of false idol worship, into the hope that only God can bring. A transformation in a heart. Because you know what's not going to happen in those circles? Just information. Oh, I'm going to listen to it so I can just kind of read a little bit. Got to do a little play today. Let's play it. Okay, I feel good. Okay, let's head out. Go about. No, their life literally depends on it. Like, you will be persecuted for having or, or sharing this message through this type of device or through an app. They're going to have to make a sacrifice. You know what a devoted follower of Jesus does? <laughs> they pursue transformation, not solely information. They want to be transformed. Not just get a little bit more information about who God is or, or check off a box. They're not interested in that. And we have a lot of prayer that we need to surround this Yao people, because it's going to come with much opposition. But we have a lot of prayer. We need to surround this group of people that the Bible would come alive in us, and our pursuit of it would be that of engagement. Are you trying to get through the Word of God or allow the Word of God to get through you? Just get through it. Just get my reading done for today. See, when we're transformed, the Greek word from that word transform in verse number one, you know, it's talking about metamorphosis. The Greek word is metamorphose. This is a process of transformation for an immature form, uh, from uh, transformation from an immature form to an adult form, from an immature form to an adult form. It's a process of growing up. It also says, this is my dictionary definition by natural or supernatural. That's how this transformation takes place. It says a striking alteration in appearance, character, or circumstances. I can't help but, but think of becoming new in Jesus Christ. 
an alteration in severe, a change in appearance, in character, in circumstances. James 1 talks about being a hearer and a doer of the word. Don't be doers, don't uh, be, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone's a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and then goes away and at once forgets what he was like. I can't help but read that verse and when I hear about looking at scripture and it reflecting and recognizing how we've fallen short. Our re-engage ministry, a common statement that's made in that is your spouse is a full length mirror for you. Scripture is. But in re-engage, this is our marriage ministry where we try to take marriages. Someone may say, I have a, my marriage is a two and it, I want it to be a 10. Others, my marriage is a nine. I want it to be a 10. It's everything from improvement to save my marriage. And it's the safe group of people that come together and realize, hey, we get to be a light to one another as followers of Jesus. And my full-length mirror is my wife, Chrisanna. And I think about what she's been blessed with over the last 23 years, and I could go on. Um, I mean, starting with, uh, you know, me taking her to a truck stop on the first date and then proposing a couple years later at that same truck stop. It doesn't get much better than that. Um, going to Columbia and... It was uh, for our honeymoon, and it was outlawed for Americans and said, it's dangerous. And I said, hey, honey, this sounds like a place to, to go spend a week with me, or 17 days. It was a horrible idea. But she stayed with it. And through four adoptions and seven kids, and to know, like, you know, my wife, she is annoyingly anointed. She's annoyingly anointed because she tells me things that I need to hear. She says, hey... When you reacted like this, let me tell you what you did to your child's countenance. <laughs> okay. Well, let me full-length mirror on you. You know, I mean, like, well, I got a couple things for you if you're going to do that. But a spouse is that for us. She is so annoying. Lee anointed. <laughs> I want to finish that correctly. And maybe you're not married. You need, we all need people in our lives that can be annoyingly anointed, that can be that full-length mirror for us that would direct us and guide us and help us to live out, help us to be transformed, help us to be different, be transformed by the renewal of our mind. It talks about like knowing what's the good and perfect will of God. Like, God, what do you want me to do? The will of God is found in the word of God. The will of God for your life and my life, it's found in the word of God. We have to press into that. We have to engage in that. The reason we showed you the app earlier is because listening to podcasts are great. Whether it's this church, something else out there that'll just encourage you, those things are, those are great things. Reading a book that's going to direct you and the likeness of Christ encourage you, those are great things. But I would say it this way, visit good podcasts, visit good books, but live in the good word of God. Visit those things, but live here. Living, active, sharp. It will discern our thoughts and our intentions of the heart. And I know this, there's a battle that goes along in our faith. There's a battle. You may say, I gave my life to Jesus Christ and it's got challenging, it's been difficult. I want to tell you something, like... You probably thought, like, I didn't face this before Jesus. 
Well, it's because you weren't on team Jesus. Now you're in a relationship with Jesus and Satan doesn't like that. And there's this opposition that's coming. And with our battle of faith, guess what? There's a battle of focus. There's a battle of focus that always comes in and tries to steal away from us and distract us. And I find myself getting busy. That's one of the huge traps I can fall into. You know what another one is for me? Laziness. (laughs) I can get lazy. I don't want to say out loud what I say in my head, but I say things like, I need a break. I need to refuel. So I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm going to watch this show for an extended period of time and be on and off of my phone and go to bed an hour later, more tired than I probably should have been and not been in God's word at all. That's not an anti-Netflix, anti-ESPN, anti-game. This is not, that's not any kind of an anti-statement. It's a pro-prioritize our relationship and engagement with God and his word. We have to press into that because any relationship is going to go through challenges. And if you found yourself going through challenges in your relationship with God, it's okay. Keep fighting. Deepen those roots. Press towards the good nutrients that lie beneath the surface. You know what some of those surface things that come up are? I've failed before. I'm sick. Why should I try to go deep when it's, I'm six days into the year and I have four days of failure? I don't really understand the Bible. I've never really heard God speak to me. I'm not quite as godly as them. I have a busy schedule. I have these things. We have to press through that and have, ask God, God, give me this faith-filled, fierce focus on who you are. God, narrow my focus. I want to grow in you. I want to be rooted in you. See, Romans 12.9 is where we get this theme of deeply rooted. It says, let love be genuine, abhor evil, and hold fast to what is good. Dig those roots down, because beneath that crusty surface of sin and circumstance and past experience and failure is the good and godly nutrients that lie beneath the surface. But we have to press towards it because there we will find life and living water. And there we won't be a tree that's tossed to and fro with every wind that comes along. For we will be deeply rooted in the one. Deeply rooted in the living water. Would you bow your heads with me? When I think about narrowing my focus, my mind goes to a hymn that I sang as a kid. It was written in the early 1900s, and it goes like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful faith. And the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. God, how do I focus more on you? Son, Turn your eyes on my wonderful face. Look to me. And the things of earth, the circumstantial surface that lives within the soil, like press through it. It's going to grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and your grace. God, you have given us an incredible gift in Scripture. You've given us 
people around us that we can be in community with. And whether we're in this room or we're watching online, God, we know, we know, we know, we know that you love us and you've prepared us for a purpose. But we also know that we deal with the emotions of falling short. But the road you've given us in Romans through a man that was as broken as all of us, a man named Paul, he said there's this gift of God. It's in Jesus Christ, our Lord, and it's for eternal life. God, for those that need to receive you today and begin a relationship, I pray for them. I pray towards their freedom. And God, for those of us that need a renewal in our heart, let us engage with your word, for you are worthy. And we want to seek your glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen.